Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. I have a fantastic guest who's making his second appearance. But it's his first official um, appearance. So we're going to consider it his first time. Because the, the first time he was here, he wasn't alone. So it was, a, it was kind of a special episode. So every episode is special, but you understand what I mean. So without much further ado, we just go right into, into introducing him. So today's guest is an essential worker. And I'm glad to have with us Mark Butler, who's going to explain to us who he is and everything that he does. But he's an essential worker who's in the hospitality industry. He works in hotel management. And he's going to tell us where he was born, what country he, he originated from, and how he ended up in New York. And he has a beautiful story that, you know, that he originates from. So, Mark, welcome to the studio. How are you doing today? Thank you, Raphael. Very happy to be here. Nice to be back again. Uh, okay. But I'm looking forward to talking to you today and uh, us, uh, yeah, having a bit of fun. All righty. So, let's begin. So, where were you born? And uh, give us some background into, you know, your growing up and, uh, you know, what life was like for you. Yeah, so I'm from Dublin in Ireland and... Uh, <coughs> I was very lucky just growing up. It's a it's a good city to grow up in. You know, it's um, for the most part, it's very safe. You know, you got a lot of different neighborhoods there. Um, you got kind of like a north side, south side divide, which is like kind of a a running kind of uh, joke within Ireland, where you know um, the the north side is is rough and the the south side is posh. You know, and uh, it's a funny kind of thing. But overall, I think everyone in 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 Dublin, I think uh, is proud of being from Dublin, um, and then anyone outside of Dublin is from the countryside, so that's the way it's it's looked at. But uh, no, it's a good place, and I, I like I think it's it's got culture, it's got you know history, it's got pubs, it's got great people, it's got beautiful architecture, it's uh, and and now it's becoming really ever since maybe the mid nineties, late nineties, it's become more kind of cosmopolitan city than it was before. Um, you know, we had a lot of immigration around that time when Ireland got a lot of money. So, yeah. like, we had a lot of kind of Chinese people start to come over around the late 90s. Then we had a lot of Polish people uh, come in the mid-2000s. And then now there's a lot of Brazilian people there now. So, um, yeah, which is which is only good for the, the, the city, you know, yeah. and hopefully for our football team. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to Sean Ronaldo coming down the line in a couple of years, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that you you mentioned that because uh, my friend uh, Carmen, who's been on the podcast and I've been on her podcast too, uh, she has a podcast, the Immigrants Journey. So she, her Immigrants Journey was through United States, and now she's in Ireland. She's in Dublin. Um, she had the um, how do you guys call the mayor of uh, Dublin again? There's a terminology you guys use. So she had the mayor of Dublin on her podcast last week or two weeks ago. 
Mm-hmm. And the mayor of Dublin now is of Chinese yeah, that's right. immigrant yeah, yeah. parents. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was being happy <clears throat> soon. I was oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And she was talking of her parents' background that yeah. led to her being born in um like she she wasn't born in Dublin, but she grew up in Ireland and then ended yeah, up in the, Dublin. Yeah, the Lord Mayor of Dublin. Lord, so like there's, the Lord Mayor, yeah. yes. <clears throat> so there's a, uh, th- there's a street in Dublin called Dawson Street. And on Dawson Street, that's where the Lord Mayor's residence is. So it's like it's beautiful kind of old building in there. But uh, oh. one kind of funny fact is that so in, in Ireland, the license plates are the year, then the, the county or the state that oh, the car is from, okay. and then a number. So it could be, you know, one two three four five could be your license plate or any random random numbers, but the Lord Mayor is the one that gets number one oh, nice. on their license plate. So it could be, you know, twenty one D and then the number one. So like that's been going back years. So again, just a little fun fact, but it's just an interesting kind of little thing where whoever thought of it at the time obviously thought that they were the number one citizen. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of fun. But um, so what was um the the Prime Minister is called? What was that word pronounced again? So it's it's a T shock. T shock. Yeah. I, I knew it, but it just yeah, yeah. uh T shock. Yeah. So it's an uh, Irish uh no, so, Gaelic? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like it's a lot of so like our, our uh you know our kind of I guess the equivalent of Congress people would be T Ds, like there's a lot of it's a lot of Gaelic into it, you know, but it's a, I think it's important. I think our, our as time goes on, I think the Gaelic gets lost, the Irish gets lost in a lot of ways mm. <clears throat> to English because you know, everyone speaks English. Yeah. You know, and there's there's certain clusters around Ireland which are still just um Gael talked areas, which is they only speak Irish in them. Mm. And they speak English as well, but like they they so all you know, they communicate in, in Irish, which is which is great to try and keep it alive, you know. But it's uh yeah, it's uh it's sad how a lot of Irish people can say five words of Irish, you know? It's wow. just I think it's just it's taught in school, but like you, you know that passion isn't there, that fire isn't there. Mm. It's uh but again, like it's like there's there's great places called Gale Talks, which is basically like summer camp, you know? Yeah. Where you learn <clears throat> um Gaelic. But like again, it's just it's it's it, they're good places. Like I went a couple of years and it's good to like just, you know, make friends and, and meet people and kind of I went by myself, you know, when I was twelve and you know, you're you're it was a great way to make friends and I think it made me the person that I am today, like been put in that position where I don't know anyone going in by myself and mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, just talking to people, you live in a house with like 12 other like kind of young guys between the ages of say 12 and 17 and then there's a, a van on tea which is the woman at the house and she you know um the the lady i had she was like with an iron fish she'd run that place like if you stepped out of line she'd tell you to sit your ass down like it was it was it was it was, it was great you know like and it was a good uh you know a lot of a lot of a lot of people would come down and think they could ah this little old lady she yeah. wants whatever and they they try and sneak out or they, they try to do whatever and she would like a pow like she'd be right on top of you you know so like it was no it was a great time but it's again a good time you know make friends and and you talk to to people and you know in the morning you do class mm-hmm. afternoon you do sports and then in the evening you do irish culture so you do whether you have to write plays or you do irish dancing and it's yeah it's, it's a fantastic way to 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 keep that culture going so like I, I that's one thing i really love i think it's i think it's great about about ireland and um yeah, that's one. So when when you say Irish <clears throat> plays, is, does does that include like Irish fairy tales and yeah, like well, like, like the idea is that you make up your own stories in Gaelic. So like that mm. that you you to try to keep it alive and that keep that bit of creativity going. And it's uh, no, so I think it's a really good thing. And then and then you know sometimes they put on like there's um we we put on like Irish 
uh, you know, whether it's music or stories or yeah. things like that. I think it's just a great thing. And I think Ireland's known for its um, <clears throat> storytelling and for its for its uh, its literature. You know, like I think it's the only city that has three uh, Nobel Prizes for literature. Oh. You know, so like it's a great, yeah, there's a great stories there, whether it's James Joyce or whether it's, you know, just, yeah, there's great history down every single street, you know. That's beautiful. So, yeah, if anyone has ever been, you know. Yeah. Go. <laughs> See, that, that's why I always tell you about that movie that I saw on Netflix. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Song of the Sea. Yeah. It's, uh, You're always talking about it. I always talk about it because it's Irish fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah, that they, they, they pulled the movie from, so, and it's beautiful. It's good. It's good animation. So yeah. So um, now that we, we've already touched on some of the next question, but I I think we, we should be able to get an answer that that you haven't really touched on. So um, what would you say is your favorite childhood memory? Like I I <clears throat> I've got good memories with with like just my family and my friends. Like you know I, I remember like playing football in the garden with my dad and like uh, you know. Um, kind of like we had this like little kind of rock thing and you know when i was small he'd always like kind of pass it to himself so he'd like knock it off the rock thing and hit it around me you know so i have good memories with that and then with my mom like i'd always uh on saturdays we'd always go to like this little kind of diner just me and her and uh it was kind of like cafeteria style so like you, you kind of choose as what you wanted as you went along and uh i'd always get chips and potatoes just <laughs> that's just what i liked so like I'd, I'd always get that and and uh I just sit down with her and we'd spend that kind of hour or two together doing that. And then with my sister, like, you know, just uh, on bikes or playing or stuff. Or just, you know, we used to play a game uh, called Buster Groove. It was like a like a dance game on a PlayStation. And I just have good memories of us playing that together. So, like, there's no, I'm, I'm lucky. And then even with my friends growing up, like, I had a great core group of friends. That, like, you know, we were all in school together and, and, you know, we went to kind of primary school together. And then we went to secondary school together and... It was like it was just I was very lucky with the friends that I had and that, you know, we we're all kind of similar in mindset, you know, so like we'd always go play football um, together. Like we play wall ball, just basically hit the ball at the wall. Oh, yeah. You call someone's I, name yeah, and then the I, next I, person, I, I the next person has to hit it and if they don't, they lose a life. And uh, ah. well, that's what we we'd just yeah, played we, that for we, hours. We, and we had something like that, yeah. too. We yeah. play heads and volleys and we just like there was there was a. A video shop that we used to to the the wall was like perfect wall. There was enough space that we'd play against it, and like, um, then like we just you know it was a video shop like a VHS like a blockbuster kind of, but it was an independent shop. Mm. Um, but we'd always have butter that guy in there, and then it it that closed and it turned into a photography shop. And uh, <clears throat> you know again you know we we talked to the guy when we first you know when he first kind of moved in, he was cool, nice guy, photographer, pretty chill, and then uh. I, I one day I had to go in for something into his photography shop and uh we were playing outside at the time I think we kicked the ball over the wall and we had to go get it and uh <laughs> he uh and we had another ball but I could he hear the doom 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 oh. through the wall of us kicking the ball against the wall and he never said anything to us like he didn't he didn't you know chase us away with a stick or something or tell us okay. to, to go away so it's just again it's just like happy memories of just growing up like that you know so like no I had good good friends and and <clears throat> You know, playing football in the park or just, you know, just or, yeah, doing whatever around. Like it was just uh, like this, the soccer teams I played for as well. It was it was good um, way to make friends and kind of, you know, people from different parts of the city came for our soccer team. So, again, it was good to, just to meet other people from different kind of sides of of town. Of town. All right. I, I got to ask. So 
while doing the world ball mm. or just playing football, soccer in general, did you ever get in trouble? Like uh, for us, you know, doing world ball, uh, it was one way I got in trouble because um, sometimes, you know, you, you, you had a good measurement of the wall and then yeah. you, you make mistake and pow, you know, play the ball over and next thing you hear windows shattering, we, 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 everybody yeah. disappears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we were pretty good. Like we had a pretty good system because, like, <clears throat> the way that this 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 wall was, it was, <clears throat> it was straight. But there was like a, the road kind of curved around, so mm -hmm. there was a chance if you if you if you were been a right little you know little little so and so, uh, you could angle in such a way where it would kind of bend around a corner, and uh, like the the windows at a photographer, we'd always basically have someone that would stand at the windows at a photographer just in case that did happen because it'd be one or there was one or two times where. You know, you're hitting it 30, 40 yards and you're trying to hit and, you know, you can't guarantee it's going to it's gonna hit the wall, but you can almost guarantee it's going to get attracted to the window. So uh, <laughs> we'd always have someone there blocking it. But yeah, no, it, no, I think like for the most part, like we, we were, oh, we were good, good gang kids, you know, so Bernsey and Kevin Wolf and Chris I mean, and we're, Tim we're, and yeah, Mulvey. In friend, all fairness, Bowen. we were good kids, but yeah. we couldn't help it every once in a while, like, even when we weren't playing the wall ball, we still, you know, we got a field. Sometimes somebody just, you know, got excited and pow. Yeah. And next thing, you just, you just had that. We, we, you, yeah, the smash. We, you, yeah. know, you know the sound of louvers <laughs> cracking. Yeah. And as soon as it happened, it's like everybody disappeared except the owner of the ball. Who yeah. go, hey, we're going to get my ball. Yeah. <laughs> go, go get it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when you start praying like, oh, um... Hope nobody's at home. Yeah. Or, no one sees me. No yeah, one saw me. You know, you, you, you go over the fence and, you know, make your last prayers. And then. <laughs> no, like, I think I like, I'm, I've been very lucky with growing up the way I've been growing up first yeah. to say some of the good kind of guests you've had in the podcast and some of the, the, the very tough situations that they've been through, you mm -hmm. know, but no, I, I've been very lucky and, and I put that down to my family, you know, and, and, um, you know, just been 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 lucky with what I have. You know, so I do I do appreciate it, and I acknowledge that I'm I'm in a lucky position. Hey, you know, it's all good. Hey, but you you trigger those memories in me, so it, it's it's mm. all fun, though. It's all fun. So now that you mentioned family, um, let's go a little bit back in your family, and so has your family always been in the Dublin area? <laughs> Like one thing with Irish people is that we're lucky in that we know for the most part where you come from, you know, like I know that my grandparents are Irish, my great grandparents were Irish and so on and so on and so on. So whereas I think for a lot of American people, uh, you know, white label American, just, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening that are from whether their own country and they're, they, they, you know, they can trace their lineage or it's a case of that, uh, you know, they're American or they're from different countries where they don't know where they came from, you mm -hmm. know. I think a lot of Irish people, <clears throat> a, lot, a lot of American people come from Ireland or they know their families come from Ireland, you know. They don't know where, they don't know when, but they know that, oh, my, you know, my granny or my great-grandfather or I'm first generation, my, my parents were, were from, you know, Dublin or Galway or whatever. So, like, that's, I think that's a big thing. But I, I think, like, again, I, I'm lucky that I know where, for the most, for some generations, where, where I came from versus, that's what I love when I see American people coming over to Ireland, like, trying to figure out their ancestry, you know, been able to narrow it down to like a little field in Connemara somewhere in the west of Ireland, rough yeah. country, you know, like it's, it's, 
it's rocks and it's wind and it's the sea and it's it's very kind of rough areas and then uh um they're able to find them the you know the old broken cottage where there's 10 bricks left you know in a chimney and, and they're able to find where they're you know this is where my grandparents came from this is where my great-grandparents came from like it, it gives you a sense of like home you know which mm. i think a lot of Irish people can be quite ignorant of that. A lot of Americans are coming over. Oh, my great granny's from, you know, Cork. You know, do you know John and Mary and Mayo? No. I know someone from Come Cork. Come on, no, no, I don't know John and Mary and Mayo. And then sometimes they'll, they'll be like, oh, you know, they, they run the little, the little diner. And you'll be like, oh, damn, I do know John and Mary and Mayo. You know, like it's it's little things like that. But no, like, again, it's, it's I, th- I think it's uh, I think it's, it's very important to try and find out where you came from because then, you know, we, people are proud of our history, you know, whether... Nigeria, whether it's Germany, whether wherever it is, you know, it's it's people identify. I feel like a lot of American people don't identify as American for the most part. They identify as Irish or German or or Swedish or or you know Hispanic or or from you know um, Asian countries. Like it's just, it's it's yeah. it's, a, it's a good you know, and obviously hopefully um, we can get back to that sense of community that's that's within this country. But back to your question, yeah. So like I, I'm I'm <clears throat> you know, for my, my grandparents, like I've been and my great grandparents, like I, I I've been lucky where <clears throat> my 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 great grandfather lived in in Belfast. So this is before nineteen sixteen when Ireland was still part of kind of the the British Empire as it were, you mm-hmm. know? And he 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 lived in Belfast and he wor- worked in, in Harlem and Wolf, which is like the famous uh shipbuilding um um I guess uh, dock uh, uh, dockyards, yeah, shipyards yeah. up there. Yeah. So, um, you know, he 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 led a team of of twelve Protestants as a Catholic, which was a big thing. You mm. know, there's, there's a lot of history up there. Which, if we started getting into it, we'd be here, we'd be here all day. But <laughs> but um, you know, to to be to be uh, a leader of of twelve Protestants as a Catholic was it was a big deal, yeah. and obviously it was because of his personality and his presence and his. Um, what a great leader he was, but he so he 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 was one of the 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 men that had had built the Titanic, oh. uh, in nineteen twelve in, in Belfast. But we have a family joke that he he uh, he missed a screw, and that's why it's stank. <laughs> uh, so. Oh my god! It was goodness. so it was, it was on it was on us. So <laughs> sorry everybody, sorry White Star. <clears throat> Oh my goodness! But um, no, and then he moved down to to uh, to to Dublin after after nineteen sixteen when and uh, when kind of. It was kind of led to then kind of civil war within Ireland in the twenties, and and he moved down to Dublin. My granddad was born nineteen twenty in um in Dublin. Yeah. So uh, that that's that's my father's um dad, and he was uh yeah, he's a great man. He was uh just he he always you know we always said he was like he was twelve. You know he always acted that like he always had that kind of like <laughs> like free spirit about him, and he was he was a great guy. Like he he uh. He worked on on you know he's like a gunsmith. He made mm. um, uh, guitars. He made engines for cars. He made yeah. boats. He was real handy. He made a he's project manager for a lot of the first swimming pools that were in Dublin. So like he 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 and his team were the ones that, that made them. There's two famous chimneys on the Dublin skyline, and he made one of them when oh, they, when they added a second one. So like he he was he was great. But like in in 1965, uh, him and my grandmother and my dad they um they moved to California. Oh wow! So um, to Burbank, where they shot a lot of Western movies. Yep. So as a gunsmith, you know you need these guys that 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 know how to use guns and make guns, and 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 that was uh, something that I did. So like they traveled across America, you know, from New York to to Burbank, and um, yeah, like my dad, he just has great memories of living in California, and it's uh, it's a cool 
it's a cool thing to do but there's a there's a famous kind of gun <clears throat> i guess trickster whose name is rod redwing and he's a oh. uh, he's a uh, you know just i think some of his videos are on youtube but he's um he's very famous like kind of gunslinger trick shot yep. guy so like he's a famous thing where he he'd you know he'd mark a kind of point on a wall uh he'd have his knife and he'd have his gun and he'd uh so he'd throw a knife he'd take out his gun he'd shoot the point that he just put on the wall and the bullet would be there before the knife got there oh wow so like these are like trick shots and things like that but there's a there's a famous story my dad tells me where he uh so rod redwing was at this just trick shot competition and he was the judge there's two guys pretty similar level in skill one guy had just regular pistols you know and the other guy had nickel plated handguns which were like a bit of flash about them you know like a bit of they look slick and oh jesus this guy's got nickel handguns he must be he must be the business you know and uh you know, it comes down to their shoot off, whatever, and and it was it was pretty even. But Rod Redwing thought that the other guy was the better, the the guy with the lesser guns was the better shooter. And there was, let's say there was three other guys in the voting panel, so they decided that oh no, what's it's the guy with the nickel plated handguns. He's the flash guy. He's look like he 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 he's got the better guns. He means business, you know. He he's the guy. So it was decided that you know this guy would be the winner, and he got his whatever. So Rod Redwing goes up to the guy and he's like, listen, like he's like you're the better shooter. He's like, but nickel plated handguns, you know. Yeah. It's that bit of flash, and, and that applies to life as well. So whether it's, you know, going to work or you're going to, you know, uh, people who look like they know what they're doing have that bit of, I guess, leeway with people who are ignorant to that particular skill, mm. you know? Uh, and I think it's something that I always I always keep in my mind when when I'm, uh, I'm trying to do things. So whether it's in, in work, trying to be, you know, make sure I keep my, my professionalism or make sure I keep my, my look the right way neat and tidy or whether it's you know you know just anything in general like it's just a very important thing to remember you know and that and nickel plated handguns basically nickel the, plated handguns that's the way i remember <laughs> i remember but uh no he, like again he was a great man and then and then and then my 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 mother's grandfather he was a, another great man he was a school teacher for uh for 40 years in um in ireland and kind of like the, the in kind of meath which is like an, a state near dublin and uh well, like he was, uh, yeah, he was a great guy. He was like, you know, big guy, and he looked like Gregory Peck, and he had dark hair, and on uh, until the day he died, and full head of hair. So hopefully, oh. hopefully, hopefully, I get that, you know. <laughs> but he's, uh, hey, I don't know if you just <laughs> jinxed yourself. Yeah, hopefully not. But he's, uh, <laughs> he, like, you know, he, 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 he'd always say about how, you know, you know, you've been, you've been teaching a long time or too long when, uh, when you're not teaching people's kids, you're teaching people's grandkids. Oh. You know, so like he'd uh, forty years he was teacher in this in this school in, in Mead, so he was uh everyone loved him and he was a great yeah, he's a great man. So uh no, like again I'm lucky I know where I come from and for that side and my mum and dad are, are great. Like my dad is a quantity surveyor. Um it did a lot worked a lot in construction, you know, but he's a he's a just a great kinda um person, you know, like he'd uh um uh like he's he was smart. He's always measured. You know, he he doesn't back down from stuff if people you're trying to take advantage or or pushing a line. You know, and and uh, you know, like he 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 grew up doing the surveying. You know, didn't go to to university, but like he'd run rings around anyone that that's that's in um who has their fancy degrees, all their letters after their name. You know, like and, and just, just tries to throw he, he, the he, degree in, the, in your face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he'd run rings around anyone. Started his own business, not afraid to take risks, and he's no, he's he's great. Uh, he's great. Um, you know, person like he's yeah. he's he's real likable, and I think he 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 and he tr he makes such an effort with everyone, you know. And I don't think uh, 
he doesn't realize it, but he's a yeah, he's he's a he's a great man. I'm very lucky to have him as a dad. And then uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and then my I mom, think he'll make a yeah. good guest too for this podcast because he, he he must have he has lots of stories from. Well, I I, I heard I heard uh, my last episode, episode twenty, was the lowest rated podcast you had. <laughs> that's 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 what I heard. I don't know if that's true, but you'll have to we'll have to yeah. fact check that. You know. Oh man. Um, but no, like I'm, I'm my uh, mom. My mom was like a you know she's she's uh you know she she worked in in um. She had, she had her own business as well, you know, <clears throat> doing um, kind of fabrics and curtains, high-end fabrics and curtains. So she'd work yeah. with clients and architects. And uh, and then, you know, 2008 kind of came along. And oh. Obviously, that that messed up with everything. So yeah. she decided she's going to go back to, to school and, and uh, you know, study counseling, uh, oh. which she did, you know, in her... Well, w- w- when she was 39 again, she, she started... Uh, she went back to school, you know, um, and... Uh, you know, she like you know, she went back, and I remember we, you know, we talked, and you know, going back as a mature student is obviously difficult, you know, and uh, yeah. you know, we we talked, and you know, she's saying we like I was just kind of out a, a couple of years out of college at this point, and she was asking me, you know, is there anything that I should do or be aware of, and I was like, it just I said to be nice to everyone. And I was like, you're gonna have to do group projects. You don't know who you're gonna have to be placed with, so you know, people are gonna be you know talking nonsense behind each other's back. Don't get involved in that. Like, just walk away from that. And that that's the most important thing. Like, again, it's not it's not like Mean Girls or something. You know, going uh, in school and and, and I, I'm laughing because I, 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 that wouldn't have been the advice I would have gone with. But and and again and, and again, but then get to know people and then know know who are the rock the rock solid people who, when you're doing yeah. your group projects, you know, geez, he's not gonna mess around. He's gonna get the work done. And you know, she went back. She did it. She completed it. And then uh, you know, she was you know trying to 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 find clients and then there's there was a uh one of the ladies who was in her class she had like kind of a squeaky voice and you know another mature student everyone would laugh at her whenever she uh, spoke and, yeah and kind of make fun of her and, yeah. and my mom was friends with her and then uh you know that lady was was retiring or or changing fields and she, mm. she but she was the counselor for a university for a teaching university so <clears throat> um she recommended my mom to take over from her. And now my mom has a rock solid job in, in taking care of, you know, students who are trying to learn how to teach. Um, and especially now with mental health and such a, such a, a, a thing that people are, are actually talking about now. Oh, She's yeah. got this great job. And that was just, you've been kind to this lady who everyone else was making fun of. So it just shows you never know who, who down the line, you know, the, the trail is short. So you never know who you're going to see down. But one, one, one story I just want to tell about my, my, uh, my grandfather as well, like in, in World War II. So he lived in London in World War II. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, um, uh, when, so he was working in, in factories making guns and making, because again, as a, as a gunsmith, he had that skill. So like he was mm-hmm. designing guns and making the guns and, and making sure that they were made the right way. But um, this was when like the raids would always happen. So the Germans would come and bomb London. So, you know, you're asleep and... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the, you know, would would go and you'd wake up in sirens, the middle of the night and yeah. you'd have to run down to the bunker that would be down there in in I guess in the basement the the fallout shelter I guess yeah so you know this is happening every night every night he's waking up run down he's like you know what this is nonsense like if they if I get blown up I get blown up so he stayed in his bed one night and you know sleep woke up the next day went around his building couldn't find anyone went down to the bunker a bomb had went off right where the bunker was and everyone who was in the bunker had died oh wow so it just shows that like you never know what's gonna happen that that you know. Sometimes you yeah. just gotta go with your intuition. Yeah, you just got to. You know, you it's, can sense it's, it. Put it's, a... uh, yeah, it's crazy how that yeah. works. You know, I'm I'm not religious. So I gave up on that a few years ago. But uh, sometimes you just you, you you just know you just know. It's like yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this thing about uh, you know you see people running in one direction and you mm. just start following them. Yeah, and running and 
Um, once or twice, I've seen people do that back when I was in Nigeria. You know, it used to be like, yeah, I'll just start running with them. And I'm like, well, why are we running? Yeah. Like, uh, or like you see people they, like, like standing oh, in line. They, they said they're yeah. shooting guns. Yeah. Who's who shooting yeah. guns? So there, yeah. there's, there's a gang or there's, yeah. you know, they're, they're fighting. Okay, where where are they fighting? Oh, they, they, he said it. Well, they said, well, where? But we don't know. Are we running yeah. to, towards them? <laughs> are we yeah. running from them? We, but we, I just saw a crowd running. And it, was, it got to a stage if I saw everybody running the opposite, and I, I just stopped and like, okay, yeah. I need to know where, where it's, what is Ask going the question, on. Ask question, 100%. And then I, I make my own way. Yeah. And once or twice, you know, that's how. And I, I think like the week, the the, 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 the I think the, the, the very um, time that, um, the one time that I knew that that following of my intuition really worked for me, was the last week I spent, uh, yeah, when I moved to the United States, my last week in Nigeria. Hmm. After I got my visa, I was supposed to go see my uncle in Ibadan because I was in Lagos. And he had said, oh, come over, do some things. And the morning I was supposed to leave, I said, yeah, I was going to wake up and go and everything and I already planned. And I woke up that morning because people knew if I was going to travel, for uh, um, local travel by road. If I said I'm traveling, I'll tell everybody I'm leaving at 10 a.m. But by the time you woke up, you didn't see me. I was already gone. By mm. 5, 6 a.m., I was gone. Mm. So my cousins were used to that. And they woke up. And I think I woke up like 4 a.m. I usually woke up like 4 a.m. Then I started getting ready. So everybody, nobody could wake up around when I woke up. So I woke up 4 a.m. And just to get up was difficult. Mm. And I was struggling to get up. But something just got back to sleep. I, mean, I kept like trying to, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going. <laughs> I just went back to sleep. So my cousins woke up and they something like, whoa, whoa, weren't you supposed to travel? Mm. What happened? Are you sick or something? I said, like, no, I just don't feel like mm. I'm not going. Are you going to travel here? No. So my uncle called, why didn't you show up and all that? Uh, I'll, I'll see you. Uh, I don't think I'll come. I'm not, I'm not coming. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't. And, what, no. and later that day, I'm, Read, uh, watching the news, the bus park where I would have caught a bus from. I don't know if that's bus I would have caught, mm. <clears throat> but the bus that left around the time I would have caught a bus from that park uh, was in an accident. Everybody died. Mm. I don't know if I would have been on that bus. Yeah. I don't know, but if you did the calculation around the time I would mm. have got there, that it was around the same time I would have caught a bus from that park. And you know it's a twelve seater bus, so I probably have probably would have been the bus I would have been on. Yeah, it wasn't an accident. Everybody died. Yeah. So, but things like that have happened a few times in my life. Mm. I can't say I knew for sure, but there are times it just felt like don't be on that bus or just take yeah. one step, and I just take one step and boom, something happens. Yeah. So sometimes I just. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I feel there's like there's energy or something, you know, that mm -hmm. that's there. Like I, I, my grandmother, I always feel like uh, is kind of on my shoulder, like just keeping me safe, you know, like there's, there's, I can think of loads of similar times to that where you're like, mm, should I do this? No, I'm not going to do this. And then something happens or, yeah. or, you know, you know, whether it's, it's, you know, you know, you're in your city, you know, your streets, you know, your alleys, you know, you, you, you like you got a, that sixth sense for stuff. <clears throat> And you're like, maybe mm, I'm not gonna walk down this alley. I'm just gonna take the long way around, you know. Yep. And like you just, yeah, you're, 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 <laughs> you just, you just whereas you could walk down through the alley every single day, no big deal. But just one, one day you get that little kind of ding in your ear. Maybe someone's watching you. See, you, you go down the alley with your lunch every day at mm -hmm. one o'clock, and they're waiting for you. Or, no, just, yeah, just take the long uh, way yeah, around. Yeah, like you know, it, it might cost me. Yeah. Well, the only thing it would cost me is just yeah. 
10 minutes, five minutes extra. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But um, just back to family as well. Like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I got a really good sister as well who's, you know, she's really creative and really, uh, she, she's like my dad. She doesn't back down from anything, you know, and that's, uh, it's a great thing to see. And she'll always give you an honest answer about everything. Like, if you ask her, she won't sugarcoat stuff, she'll tell you. Like, and it's, uh, it's one thing I really respect about her. And she's, she lives in Toronto now. So she, uh, she's on that guest too. You're no. trying to get rid of me. I'm not even. I'm not even finished. You're trying to get rid of me. No, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think you're born anymore. I'd, oh, okay. I'd rather have your family. Oh, okay. My great grandfather <laughs> maybe making the Titanic. Or, yeah. But uh, no, no. So Sarah, my sister, she's uh, yeah, she's really good, and she's uh, yeah, I'm really lucky to have uh, a good family. So that's beautiful. So now, how many times have you watched the Titanic? Old movie? Yeah. Uh, enough. Enough times. There you go. <laughs> does it does it does it feel special anytime you're watching it? Like, hey, you know, my family. Yeah, my like family, I think it's a cool. It's a my, cool. My great grandfather put that up. Yeah, you know, you, and, and it sank on the first go. So what does what does that tell you about my work? You know, no, again, no. It's a cool. It's a cool family fact to have. Like again, it's I I, I was at a wedding uh, for my friends uh, Tillin and David a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, you just get talking to, to people at weddings, and, and I was talking to Tillin's father, and uh, he. Uh, you know, just all away from off from our law, cool. And, you know, and then I, for some reason I don't know why how we got into it, but whether he had a little, he had a boat or something. We were talking about Titanic, and then yeah. again, this is like maybe seven years ago. And uh, every time, every so often now, whenever I see Tillin or talk to Tillin, uh, she's like, "Oh, my dad was asking for you." I met this guy once, you know, and he's just checking <laughs> on. Oh, Mark, oh yeah, his great grandfather built the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Told him I said a lot. Yeah, like it's just uh, funny how like you know, let's say there was a hundred, two hundred people at that wedding, and he just remembers me, you know, for whatever reason. So, like, uh -huh. it's just it's funny little things how, hey. you know, people stand all, out to you. All, all it takes is just one time. Yeah. And you leave an impression. Like, like people stand out to you yeah. or whether, you know, like, you know, like a, a, you're, you're, you know, you're at the post office and, and, and you notice, hey, it's like a guy has got a cool haircut. I like your haircut. Oh, thanks. Hey, you know, he probably goes home, tells his wife, oh, this guy, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like, it, it start, this reminds me of a story about my dad. So, my dad, uh, uh, when he was five or six, he was, uh, you know, they lived in, in, in Bath in, in the UK yeah, with my yeah. grandmother. And, like Bath. Uh, yeah, my yeah. cousin my cousin actually lived there too. Yeah. He attended the university. So he uh you know, it was my grandmother's birthday, so uh, you know, he, he, he went down to Woolworths or one of these little shops and bought her some some, you know, plastic jewelry or something, you know, something that was, was you know, <laughs> a pound or two or something, right? So he, he he goes to you know, brings it back for her birthday and, and okay, here you go, here's your here's your uh you know here's your present she's like oh she's and you know she she like like nice jewelry and she's like you know you know Zerma, thanks for for getting this for me like i don't i don't think i'd wear it so like thanks you bring that back you get your money back and you get yourself something you know what you want so get some yourself some tweets or a comic book or or something so and uh and she's like I, I, like i don't really like cheap jewelry so like i don't i don't think that would that would that would work for me so she, he's like okay so he goes into the shop and uh he goes back and he's like oh can i exchange this and they're like no and then he's like oh well can i speak to the manager please oh he's not here Okay, I'll just wait for him. So my dad was like six or seven years old. He's waiting at this lower shop to speak to the manager. Like, can you imagine a little five or six year old now in, 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 in you know, whether it's Dwayne Reed or what, I'd look to speak to a manager. So the, 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 so my dad was, you know, so the manager comes out and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, can I, can I help you? And he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I bought this jewelry. My mother doesn't like cheap jewelry. So uh, can I, can I give this back, please? So uh, the the guy lets him have his like laughs at him and gives him his money back and and, and he goes but you, you like you think of let's say you're that man you're that manager and you're like uh, you, you're going home to your wife and you're like just when you should have seen today there's this little kid who came in 
and he's five or six years old and he's telling me he doesn't like cheap jewelry so like that's like you know these little things were sticking in his ah, mind yeah, so it will. yeah so my, my dad was the original karen basically oh my goodness yeah i have to have your dad now so he can have a a response to that, you know, we have to let him have his comeback. Yeah, you know? right. It's only fair. It's only fair, you know. I'm sure he's got a few <laughs> stories about me. <laughs> oh, man. Golly. You. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, let's see. Let, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, uh, where do I go now? You made, me, you made me lost my train of thought. <laughs> Ah, original Karen. Oh, boy. I wasn't expecting that. Well, well, that's good. That's a good one. All right. So, um, where was I going to go now? So, I guess we're going to go... Um, there, there was something you mentioned from your favorite... Amongst your favorite memories. Dinner with your mom. And um, that reminded me of what your 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 career right now you know your career path and i was going to ask about what inspired you to take your career path to what put you on that career path that you are on right now and it's interesting that you mentioned dinner with your mom because I, I i have a feeling that i'm not sure you've really thought about that playing a role but you know have you ever thought about how much of your 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 grandparents, your great grandfather, and your your parents playing a huge role in influencing? Excuse me, you in choosing um, the career that you went into. Yeah, like like I always remember my my grandfather kind of been like, if you're gonna do something, do it, do it right. You know, mm -hmm. like I remember when when uh, like we'd be, you know, like him and my grandmother, they they'd normally go to the, the kind of pulp each day after the end of the day, like, you know, four or five o'clock, they'd go get their, their Guinness and their, their, you know, their sherry or whatever. And they, they had a certain seat that they'd always sit in and they'd have their drink and then they'd, they'd go home then. And uh, I remember, uh, being with my granddad, uh, it was a beachcomber pub, which I, which is in, uh, Clontarf in Dublin. And, uh, I remember, um, I was probably maybe five or six years old. And I think it was just my granddad and me, that particular day and i remember seeing another little kid and he was with his dad he's probably a little bit older than me and excuse me he um his dad had a guinness you know so his dad was having a guinness and the kid was having a, a coke or whatever and uh the kid like i think puts his fingers into the guinness and like you know takes out some of the the guinness using his fingers like so like i see him doing this and i'm like just like maybe maybe i can try this you know i got him five or six years old like, you know you don't you know you see someone do something you, you think so yeah, then I, bring I, up so then uh, later, but all right so so he uh <laughs> so he 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 did this so then i was like oh granted can i have a bit and i would go to sit my fingers and he's like no he's like if you're gonna do it do it right so then he gives me the whole pint and he's like here you go he was like take a drink of that so like i'm five or six and i'm taking a drink of this guinness and i'm like it but it just it, that's one thing that kind of stuck to me that like don't half-ass something if you're gonna do it do it like you know if you're gonna take a drink of it take a drink of it if you're gonna like don't stick your fingers in it like just take a drink of it so like that's that's one thing that you know but when when it comes to hotels like i remember you know ireland is is good in that like it's so close to spain and italy and france and germany and you got all these different cultures what are right in your doorstep which mm -hmm. fortunately over here like for the most part like if i go from here to to you know chicago or 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 to to you know tucson arizona for the most part everything's the same same tv same you know restaurants same everything there's not really that huge culture difference whereas you know 
Spain or Italy, you got language, you got culture, you got, you know, people, you got yeah. uh, cities, you got such a different kind of, or even countryside, you got such a different array of, of things. So I remember we went to Italy when I was, you know, 15 or 16. And I remember the way the hotels are over there is like a lot of them were kind of like big old hotels. You know, I'm talking like late 90s, early 2000s. And, and you know, dinner was included in your in your rate. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just like now where, you know, you you'd go to... you your hotel is just for dropping your bags and then you'd go have dinner wherever you find it, you know? Yeah. So, um, and it was, it was cool because like you'd see the same waiters every day, you know, the same, there'd be the same waiters every day. You'd for the most part have the same table every day. And, uh, you know, there was a set menu, you order whatever you wanted and it was included in, in your, in your rate. But I always remember there was two kind of major D's that were there wearing their tuxedos in, in there. And, you know, I'm like, 13, 14, 15, 16, still trying to figure out what I want to do, you know, and mm-hmm. I remember seeing these two guys and I just loved like the, the way they worked the room, they'd come and check in every table, say hello to people, like they, they'd, uh, the staff that they had were all real interesting guys, there was one guy who was like, he looked like a James Bond, one of the staff members, he looked like a James Bond oh. villain, he had that kind of like look about him and there was another guy, a real Italian looking guy and his name was Max and I remember he had like a lion ring on, on like a lion head ring on, there was like this kind of like real petite girl that worked there as well. Like, and every year we went back, it would be the same faces that were there, you know? Oh, so that was, okay. I, I always loved that kind of, that kind of, um, I guess, comfort that you can give people and, and, and in, in hospitality, which, which we'll get to in a little bit. But um, that, that was kind of what put me on the path. I think seeing these guys and being like, yeah, like I, this is, I think what I, what I want to do, like work with people and work with, um, yeah, like and you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that that that's the chance I got to do it, and and I, I, uh, that that was definitely my my, kind of, sparked the interest in watching these guys work the room, talking to people, you know, shaking hands with people, and and yeah, just I liked that's that's where my my kind of, um, yeah, I guess the start of it came from mm. seeing these guys, and again, you 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 never know the influence you can have on people, whether it's just at a distance or whether it's just um you know something casually you do on a everyday basis whether saying please or thank you to someone or whether yeah. leading by example or whether it's you know um <clears throat> your actions and and no i think it's yeah like i'm i'm yeah you, you never know who's watching basically i think that's true you know that's true so you just mentioned a james bond villain so it seems like james bond really huge for you Oh, yeah, like I think you know, we we used to play uh, a Goldeneye the game on the N sixty four, which I'm sure a lot of people will 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 probably have played back. Who's from our our kind of generation, and uh, that was again just with my friends and stuff. That's how we we always did it. But no, like I think I think uh, like I I think if we're if we're asking questions about James Bonds, like I think Goldeneye the movie was one of my favorite ones. I was one of the first ones that I remember. Mm. I remember the Roger Moore ones, but like uh, watching them with my granddad and stuff. But like I I distinctly remember Goldeneye being the one that that stood out to me the most. You know, I was probably maybe eight or ten when it came out so like it kind of it's it's i had a poster of it on the on my wall it just oh, like wow. pierce brosnan been an irish guy been james bond as well that was a that was a pretty cool thing but uh i think the way it's evolved now like into like almost you know with casino royale and and skyfall like they're they're great movies no like I, I enjoyed them i like it you know i like jason Bourne movies as well and and uh um no like i think i think it's uh it's a good yeah it's a good series and I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing the next one soon that's um I think Sean Connery was mine. Mm. Yeah, he was the first James Bond for mm. me. So for a long yeah. time, when you said James, that, that was actually his name. Yeah. For me growing up, James mm. Bond was Sean yeah. Connery. And then 
it would take a while for me to realize that his real name was Sean Connery. Yeah. I, 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 it was kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger was. Yeah. Uh, to us, my generation, it yeah. was Commando. Yeah, like that was the first movie we saw. I think you're, you're you're giving me two stories there. So like Goldfinger was was my dad's favorite James Bond. So like again, I remember I've memories when I'm young watching watching that one with him. Um, and there's a few lines in it that he still says to this day. Like <laughs> towards the end, he electrocutes uh, one guy and he kicks him into an electric fence or something, and then he uh, he kind of turns and he's like shocking. You know, like it's my my dad still says that to this day. But I, another another thing he does remind me of. So with Terminator, oh, so I, I remember uh, uh, when Terminator came out, my dad would let me watch Terminator. And uh, uh, when Terminator Two came out, which I think was ninety one or ninety two, yeah. and uh, he went to he went to see it, and, and like we were excited to like obviously I didn't go to see it, but we we he you know he went to see it, and uh, uh, he came back and he was telling me everything about it, and we're like, oh, it's so cool. Hopefully, it'll be on TV or it'll be on video soon. We can we can yeah. watch it. So, um, so eventually came out and we recorded it and we had it and we we watched it together. But the on uh, in two thousand seventeen, it was the twenty fifth anniversary of the the. Uh, of, of Terminator 2 wow. and I remember wow. I he, I remember when I was small him telling me about there's there's a scene at the very start of the movie where like there's a skull that's on the ground and then this you know it's the music is tense and then this big kind of robot foot goes bam and it stands on the skull and it's this big kind of crunch and it's like he, he told me oh like he was real shocked when in the cinema when, when it happened <laughs> and then it's cool to me like 25 years later me and him were able to experience that together, watching the movie together. So when they re-released it, we went together to see it. So like that's wow. that's a happy memory I have, just of uh, <laughs> a full circle, you know. I have to go watch it again. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. There's that. only there's only number Terminator one and two. There's n- there isn't any other Terminators, the, as far as I'm concerned. They've made like fifteen others. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Daniel Craig fan, though. Just yeah. for full disclosure, yeah, I, 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 I love his Bond movies. Though. But I, I, yeah, I grew up a Bond fan. I was like, uh, yeah, I got injured because of that too. That's, um, uh, it's, it's one of those that um, I will after this episode I'll deny it. But um, for just this episode, I probably was maybe four, four or five years. Uh, well, between four and six, I don't know how old I was. I was a kid. That's all I'll say. And. Yeah, doing my bomb thing around the house. And I don't know why, but I just saw the iron and I don't know why. Maybe I was seeing the future. I was traveling to the future back then. So for some reason, I decided to place my hand on an iron. And without realizing that the iron had been whoever was using the iron had it plugged in and it was hot. Dumbasses didn't know that they had to like you know put it face down. Why you leave it up? And I was trying to you know I was inventing the 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 hand the hand printing on, on, mm. on you know the the, the scanner hand, yeah yeah the hand yeah. scanner you know that that was in no movies then I was the first person to bring it into place. So I time traveled, and that's how they killed my time traveling device because I touched the iron and good lord burnt my hand. But I couldn't tell nobody. I was crying though and screaming. But you know the, the pain was in me. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, it was James Bond. I was acting out, but uh, yeah, I guess family was wondering why. Why, why are you crying? Yeah, it was a it's a tough one to keep in, but uh, took me a long a long time. <laughs> well, for the truth to come out, but yeah, it came out finally. <laughs> Oh yeah, so um, 
returning back to um, hotel management. So, you know, when people hear about hotel management, it's normal to think about executives only. But it's easy to forget that, um, you know, people work their way up. So um, tell us about your experience and how you got started in the industry. So I, I had to decide what I was going to do for university. So uh, hotel and restaurant management is, is what I decided to do. And then when I got accepted, I decided I was going to go to the kind of the best five star hotels in Dublin, just try and get a job and whether it was, you know, in the kitchen or, or wherever. So just to be, let me cut you there. Yeah. Did, did you go to university in Dublin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. For, for hotel and restaurant management. So again, my university was right in the city center. So it was, it was just off O'Connell Street, Calabar Street. So it was, uh, it's a cool, the building, it looks like this, it looks like an orphanage from like 1930s. Like it looks like something like that, but it's, it was a great place to learn. And, and, and I met a lot of good friends there and a lot of good professors and teachers there. And uh, one of my neighbors actually went there maybe 30 years before I did. And oh, wow. uh, one of the same lecturers was, was lecturing there. She, she was uh Mary Cotter was her name, and I, I uh, she was a real oh, Mary she, she was a real tough lady, and and but she'd always call she wouldn't call anyone by their name. She'd always call everyone students. Oh, so she wouldn't know anyone's name. Everyone was a student. You know, students, you got to do this, and and student, what what are you cooking in 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 that broth? And, and like that was the way she she was. But uh, was was I, that like a a, um, a chef's class? Or yeah, what? yeah, yeah. So we we oh, do okay. chefing, and we that would okay. be one of the classes that we we we'd have to do, and. Uh, but she'd, uh, uh, my neighbor told me that she'd always, uh, this is probably back in the early 80s, uh, that uh, that the, the girls all wore too much makeup and that to take their makeup off. And she wouldn't let them in the kitchen or in the classroom with all their makeup on. Wow. And then when I had her, like, she wasn't like Why that anymore. Cooking? But Do it's you like, really need yeah. makeup? <laughs> That's enough. I don't know. But it's, it's, just, it's just funny how, again, like coming back to my grandfather about how, you know, you're, you're teaching people and, and you never know who had the same, the same teacher as you down the line but mm -hmm. it's uh no and, and like again it was good university good school and and i think but but i decided i was gonna you know whatever let's say there's four or five hotels in the city center that are five-star places i was gonna go to them so there was a weston and there was a the shelburne which is a very famous kind of irish kind of institute it would be like the plaza like that kind of it's right on the park it's an yeah. institution it's been there you know 140 years i think and and the the irish constitution was signed in in the hotel there's a oh, constitution wow. room that they have there so it's yeah a lot old. of history so but I, I the conrad is where where i uh, i started so like that was right opposite the national concert hall in ireland so like it's a real you know it, it was it was the first purpose built five star that was in dublin i think 1989 they built it so it was a cool um yeah, it was a cool place to be and and and, and to to learn there and you know i, I just went in and, and again i'm you know, I don't have any experience, but like, you know, I'm from Dublin and, and, you know, a lot of people, they just like to meet Irish people, whether it's American guests or, you know, foreign guests, they like to see Irish people and just chit chat with Irish people. So I went in and, and the concierge was there and I was like, oh, you know, I just wanted to see if I can drop off a resume CV. And he was like, yeah, he's like, we're talking for a while. And uh, he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, just, you know, just I'm studying it. So I'd really like just to get involved and, you know, whatever, whether it's clean toilets or whether it's it's just helping people or just chit chat with people like i'm from dublin i know the city and know the restaurants i love i love been proud of 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 dublin and ireland so yeah like a, whatever whatever you have for me I'll, I'll do so then luckily i was i was uh i guess we talked for a while he liked me and then and then he came brought me back as a concierge then so like it was cool for me to just be a little kid 18 been been a concierge in, in a hotel so it was cool and I, like i normally did school during the day and i work in the evening time and it was a it was a good way for me to kind of learn and then i worked the desk or I'd work in the accommodation or I'd do the, the 
conference and events and you know as as college went on i'd i'd do my uh i'd work around in the different departments so it was it was a it was a cool kind of foundation for me to uh to um to learn like in a five star environment from the start yeah you know but uh, like i had a there's a very famous festival in, in Ireland, which was called Witness at the time, which is they'd always have like mm. big acts and then they'd have like a, a throwback act where they'd have someone who was famous, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And then they'd bring them back and, and have a big thing. But uh, James Brown, the singer, uh, stayed in the hotel. And I, I always have a memory of uh, any time that someone had to go to his room to bring him water or towels or whatever, he'd give them $100. And now That's it, the James Brown. The James phone. Brown. The, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know living in america and all yeah. this yeah yeah Ow, that guy so the funk yeah so he uh he any he'd give a hundred dollars to anyone that came to the door to bring him any whatever it was you get a hundred so right. anytime he called you'd always want to try to be the guy that would pick up the phone <laughs> and like you jump over and push people out of the way and try and get it but i always remember that uh he was performing at this this festival and that's why he was there and uh there's like this little gift shop in the lobby that had like kind of irish whiskey and crystal and, yeah. and all these things in it and uh I always remember he had his hair like quaffed in, in mm -hmm. a certain way he had it. And he's, he had these blue leather shoes. Like, I just still remember inked in my brain now. These cool blue leather shoes. And he's wearing his like kind of, you know, one suit kind of thing that he that he kind of always wore, like similar to Elvis kind of style. And yeah. uh, he uh, he walked up and he's walked through the lobby and he's walking up. He's kind of looking in the gift shop and he's I can see him like the the time that it's open is, is there. And uh, he's looking at it. He's like, it was closed, you know. And he's trying to see if he could be able to get into the gift shop to get whatever he wanted at the time. And he turns and he's like, God damn. <laughs> Underneath his breath, just over. I hear it across the level and I'm like, this guy is cool. So again, just little happy memories from from, from dealing with people like that. And, and you know, I, I, I was in hotel school and, and I got a chance to come to New York. And that, that was kind of how, you know, the, there was different um, hotels that came. One was from The Breakers, which is in West Palm Beach in Florida. Yeah. There was a... Uh, a married in Baltimore that came and there was um, uh, hotels in London that came and in Europe there was, there was a few places that came to our school but there was Fitzpatrick's which is an Irish hotel that was in New York and that was oh. that was what um, you know w when you're finishing school you're looking for a job and, yeah. and you have your interviews and you choose based on what you, you, you like so like I like that Fitzpatrick offered you know four months doing supervisor and housekeeping four months in food and beverage four months in reception you know so I think oh, so I, I felt that, yeah Okay. And I, I felt that, uh, whereas the other ones, you know, the other places were like, we just want you for the reception, you know, okay. whereas I felt that would make me more rounded so yeah. that like if, you know, if the keg stopped working, I know how to fix them or if the uh -huh. housekeeper called out sick, I know how to make the papers for the ladies so you don't have yeah. 20 or 30 ladies just sitting there, you know, so that was my, I, I thought that was a good rounded kind of way to do it. So, you know, I moved over here in 2008 and uh, summer of 2008, just before everything went to, went bad, but I was lucky I was in New York because New York, I feel, especially at that time was, was such a, you know the financial for the most part like we didn't really feel it here you know like there was still guests coming to the hotel broadway was still open everything was still the sports were still on everything was still trucking so like it wasn't it wasn't anything um a bad time but no i had a great time in fitzpatrick's and john fitzpatrick's an irish kind of hotelier um you know like he's straight shooter like no nonsense with him and it, that was a great it was a good place to be i feel like and uh you know to 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 learn and like general manager there patrick Layden is his name he's a great guy he's from Claire in, in Ireland and he's uh he was a good influence on me like I, I remember like you know there was three of us in so Fitzpatrick's they have two hotels they've got one on 57th street and they got one on 44th street beside Grand Central so I was in in that one okay. beside Grand Central 
So there was three of us. Uh, uh, there was six chosen total to come over Fitzpatrick's, three in one hotel, three in the other hotel. So me and Cormac, my friend, were, were in this hotel. So Cormac and I had just gone to, like, taking a stand on ferry a couple of days beforehand. And uh, took a photograph of him at the Statue of Liberty, okay? So I'm on the reception, and uh, as a joke, I replaced, I put the background uh, uh, to be a picture of Cormac at the Statue of Liberty, of the computers. So yeah. the computer, on, there's two computers, one of them is a picture of Cormac at the, the thing. So it's a small enough kind of desk area. So general manager, he comes to do something, check something on the computer, and, he see, and Cormac is working on the computer, and he sees uh, Cormac, uh, he, has to, he exits out the windows, and he sees the picture of Cormac. And he's like, Cormac, was there a picture of you and the, the thing? And he's like, oh, no, well, like, like I didn't do it. And he's like, well, whoever did it, you know, find out who did it. And like, he wasn't going to obviously squeal at me and say say who who did it. You know, so I'm like, okay, I'll just put my hand up. It was me. I did it. Like, I was messing around. I'll, I'll go up to him. So, you know, he's like, oh, he just came in and he was, you know, he was, he was freaking out. He was pissed off that you, you had put them in. Okay, that's fine. I'll go. In. So I'll go over to his office. I knock on the door. I'm like, Patrick, I was like, uh, I understand it was an issue with the, the computer. I was like, that was me. I, I, I did it. I was like, I was only joking around. Like, I, you know, I'll, I'll swap it back. And he's like, thank you for, for coming to tell me. You know, thank you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, no big deal. That's fine. So I go back out and I tell Cormac. I'm like, hey, it's fine. It's no big deal. And he's like, but he gave it to me. Why is he not giving it to you? And I was like, I don't know. It's because I, I was honest with him. I didn't try and BS him. I didn't try and say, oh, I don't know. Or I didn't go to him. Like, he asked for the thing. And that, that taught me then to straight shooter, like, set up my expectations of what I wanted to be. Yeah. And then, like, there's no ambiguity you don't misunderstand me i don't misunderstand you but at the same time you tell me what you expect of me if you want me to teach you if you want me to to give more responsibility tell me like i'm not a mind reader and i feel like that's how how a lot of problems happen at work you know mm. i also feel like there's a lot of people that abuse their positions or try to well i'm the manager i don't have to do it you yeah know? which is i hate that kind of like i like to lead by example like i'll be the first to put my hand down the toilet if i have to but i expect you then to put your hand down the toilet because if i'm going to do it then you bet your of course you're gonna be doing it too and 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 again some people like that like again like you look at like a michael jordan or or a jimmy butler or roy Keane, like where you know their mentality is i want the people who want to be the best here and if you don't want that then then i don't want you here or i'm not gonna rely on you when it comes clutch time or it comes time that i need people to step up i know i can trust you or i can't trust you, you know and that's i think that's that's my mindset and that like i like clearly knowing who who my key players are you know, that's not even wrong as far as, you know, you're not being uh, secretive about it. I'm a straight guy. Like, again, like, yeah. and if something's broken, tell me I'll get it fixed. But at the same time, like, I don't want people whispering behind the back saying, oh, he never does this, never fixes this, never fixes mm -hmm. this. And then I'm like, is there any problems? No, everything's fine. Yeah, everything's perfect. Thanks. And, oh, and then I'll come and look at them. Oh, why is this not working? Oh, yeah. And it always never works. Okay. Tell me I'll fix it. Yeah. You know, like, like you don't know how long. That silence can be when, let's say your printer doesn't work properly, you know, and someone's checking out and you're like, oh, how was your stay? Oh, it was good. You know, and do you do anything? No, I'm just heading home. You know, I oh, know. Did you do anything nice when you're here? No. And then you get that silence. Mm. And while you're waiting for the thing to print out. And if it takes 30 seconds a minute, like you can be like, that 30 seconds can be a long, a long time, you True. know, and you've used all your questions. You don't have anything else to ask. You're standing there. There's a line of people. And you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So you want to give your guys the best tools that you can be and whether it's you doing your podcast you want to have the best equipment whether yeah. it's you know anything that that you want to give people the tools to be able to do their job you know and, and again like i'm yeah i'm straight shooters no bs with me like I, I i'll tell you to your face if there's a problem you know and that's the way i want to be treated you know so yeah, that's my my way i work and my mindset and you know like i i kind of like i always have in my mind where you know let's say i ask you hey raf go can you go to, to 101 and and 
clean 101. Yeah, 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 I'll go 101 clean room. A little bit later and I'll go to the room and I'll, I'll just to check to see if it's if it's ready. And then it won't be clean, you know. So I could go downstairs and be like, Raph, I told you to clean clean room. Why isn't 101 clean? Da, da, da. Or I could just be like, hey, how you Raph? Did you get a chance to clean 101? And be like, oh my God, I totally forgot. Oh yeah, I'll go right now. You know, so like you, you, you give people the benefit of the doubt, you know. So I always have that in my mindset. Like, oh, did I ask Mary to go clean 101? You know, did I ask Raph to go clean 101? So mm -hmm. that's, again, there's a, a diff, it's all psychology and different ways of approaching things, you know. And I think, I think Irish people are very good at like engaging with people and connecting with people and, and being very, um, you know, making people feel comfortable, you know. And I think that's that's one skill that I think I have in, in hotels. And that's how I think it works, you know, because, you know, I put myself in your position, you know, empathy with, with people and, you know. Like, and again, you get pretty good at reading people pretty quickly, you know, if someone's a BS or if they're, if yeah. they're straight, you know, and like, I have, I have one story where, uh, I have a load, I have a million stories, but like, I have one where, like, I had this lady and, uh, she, she, uh, she, she calls and she's like, oh, I need, I want to speak to manager right now. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah. And I, like, normally, like, again, I, I'm pretty, you know, how can I help? Like, you don't need to scream and shout. Just what's the problem? Tell me and we'll fix it. So she's like, well, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like I found, uh, uh a pair of a dirty pair of women's underwear underneath the bed and i'm with my kids and my husband and like this is absolutely ridiculous like what are you going to do about it and like i you, you, i had my like we were talking about earlier like your your radar your energy your, is picking on i was like this something's a bit funny here so but i couldn't prove it you know mm -hmm. so i'm like okay listen like you know like i can't i can't give your money back but what, what i'll do is next time i come back like i'll be able to 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 give you the night the free so like you can you can come back the next time and she's like okay that's exactly what i want thank you thank you and again like i noticed something not right here. So I was like, listen, here's my card. Email me when you're coming back. You let me know and I'll be happy to help. Yeah, okay, thanks, Mark. Da, da, da. So she's fine. Happy, kids are happy, fine, whatever, gone. So a couple weeks later, she emails, oh, I'm coming back with my husband. Perfect. So I knew it was something funny. So I'm like, I told her, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be here at that time. But, you know, the guys will take care of you. You know, like, yeah. we'll, ha we'll have a lovely time this time. Okay, thank you. Even though I was going to be there. So day she comes, I'm like, listen, everyone, tell her I'm not here. I, I feel something fishy in, with her. So... Housekeeper manager checked the room, you know, uh, the, then, or the housekeeper cleaned the room, you know, the manager checked it, and then I was the last person to close the door. So I checked that room. There wasn't a hair in that room. It was it was perfect. There wasn't anything under the bed or, you know, in the curtains or... Yeah, or the diligence. I, I, checked, I checked every inch of that room. So I knew it was perfect. So go back downstairs. Eventually she comes and, uh, and a little bit later she, she calls up to say, oh, this, I want a manager up here right away. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I was like, I knew she was going to try and pull some nonsense again. Oh, my goodness. So, so I'm like, I'll, I'll handle it. So uh, I go up and knock on the door, and I'm like, you know, hi. And she's like, oh, oh, Mark, I, I thought you were off today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just came in to do a blow of work. So I understand it was, you called in to say there was an issue. You want to imagine, right? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. No, 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 no. You, like, you, you've made this complaint. You, you've told me there's an issue. So let me, uh. let me let me come and fix it for you. Oh, okay, okay. So I was like, well, what seems to be the issue? And she's like, well, I, I just found a, a condom underneath the bed. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, okay. And then her kids and her, her husband over the other side of the room. I was like, okay. I was like, listen. I was like, just come outside with me for one second. We can we, we can talk. So uh, we come outside and I was like, listen, like I know you put that there. I was like, so I was like, <laughs> you, have, you, you have two choices. I was like, one, I was like, you can pay me the three ninety nine, which is the rate for tonight. Or two, you can you're, take your husband and your kids and you can leave right now and they'll come back. And I was like, I'll let you give a few minutes to, to decide what you want to do. And she said, no, 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 I'll pay, I'll pay, I'll pay. So she knew exactly what she was doing, but I wasn't afraid to call her out in her BS. Yeah. And I think a lot of people aren't, <laughs> You know, I, I had done my, like we were talking about, I had done my due diligence. I yeah. checked the room. I knew someone was funny about it. Now, mm -hmm. there is times where there is stuff in the room and, and you know, feel bad about it. And like, you know, like the amount of times I've seen where,
not the amount of times, but like occasionally you'll see where just everything, it's like a book of Job from the Bible, like where everything bad will happen to one person and you feel so bad about it, you know, but you, 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 you know, it's just about how you recover and treat them the right way. Like I had, I had one lady from Australia who like, when I was in the Sofitel and this is like French five star, like people yeah, made a lot of I, money I, I, and they I have huge expectations, uh-huh. you know? So, uh, this lady from Australia came in and she was, she was tough, really, really tough, just complaining about everything. And, uh, you know, she wanted to speak to a manager. So like I, I came out and I sat down where I was like, I was like, what's the problem here? I was like, you know, you're in New York, got a million things around the city. I was like, what, why, why are you starting fights with people or, or, or getting upset? But just, just tell me what, what's going on. She was like, my son's upstairs. He's 11 years old and, uh, he just survived cancer. So we didn't think that he was going to see his 11th birthday and this is his 11th birthday trip. So this is really important to me that this goes right. So then straight away then, okay, now I understand why you were a tyrant because you just want, you didn't think your son was going to see his 11th birthday and you want to make sure that this is a perfect trip. I was like, so now, cool, perfect. Now you've shared information with me. So now we can make it a perfect trip. So uh, he loved Lego. So I was able to call the Lego shop in Rockefeller Center and I asked them if they could uh, let him in like after they closed just to walk around the Lego shop by himself, which they did. Um, they made like a little Lego figurine of him that looked like him. And they put, they have like a, a Rockefeller Center um, kind of uh, Lego display that they had made with the ice skating rink and stuff like that. So, yeah. and they had Spider-Man on top of one of the, the, the things like the Lego Spider-Man. So uh, they put him, his little figurine beside the Lego Spider-Man, you know, uh, I went and got them Yankees hats with Nicholas's 11th birthday written on the side of it. So like mm. down the line, years down the line, they'd have their Yankee hats, one for mom, one for dad and one for the kid. So they'd have those down the line. Um, I had, um, you know, I got the Mile of New York t-shirt. So the next day then when they we went out, they come back to the room and they have their hats, they have their t-shirts. She comes down and bawling her eyes out saying thank you. So like, and that's the kind of things like, didn't, like, let's say it cost 20, 30 quid, whatever it cost to get the baseball hats and get them engraved and stuff. But like, that's something she probably talked about for years, you know. There was another time I had, we had a kid who was, it was five or six, it was a birthday party. And uh, they were having it in, in the hotel. I think it was like a French kid, I think. And uh like it was a family of, of French and American people who, who would come, you know, obviously yeah. who, I think the family lived here, but are the, the parents lived here with the kid and then the, the, the mom and dad or the grandparents had come from France. So there was maybe 10, 15 people in the restaurant having this thing. So the little boy had a Spider-Man cake. So I went down to Times Square. I found a, found the, I asked the mom, I was like, listen, like I, we, I have an idea. Like, you know, trust me. Are you okay if I haven't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I went down, I got the Spider-Man impersonator. I got him to come up, give him $50, just come up with for five minutes. He burst out of the kitchen with a Spider-Man cake and gave it to the little kid. <laughs> so like, again, that cost $50, but like, that's the kind of memory that, do you remember that time we were in New York and Spider-Man gave me my cake when yeah. I was five years old? And like, that's the kind of, me- creating memories like that. Again, it doesn't cost a lot of money, but it's something you remember for the rest of your life. And like, mm-hmm. that's why I love hotels, like where you have the opportunity to do things like that, you know? So like, it's, uh, no, it's a cool industry. It's different, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's... It's, um, you know, you get to understand people, you, you, you know, and read people. Uh, although I still say that the, the woman who has been a tyrant shouldn't still, yeah, that I understand not being, uh, you know, uh, the, the, not thinking that the child would have made it to the 11th year, but yeah, there are people whose children in the similar way, stage. Yeah, the way, the way I looked at it was like, I, I feel like she couldn't, she didn't know how to express her emotions. And yeah. that's, she was just lashing out at people. <laughs> but then when you break it down, mm-hmm. you can understand where she's coming from. But at the same time, it doesn't make it right the way you're talking to people. Yeah, you yeah know? That's, that's... And like when it comes to things like that, I, like I, I'm not afraid to tell people that they're being unreasonable. Yeah. You know? 
because I I I I I say that because I I once um, when I was in the navy, I, you know we we were made to you know if you were on the enlisted side, everybody was um, E6 and below. You know we 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 got voluntold into serving the as uh, you know we got we got to stand duty for the air show in Virginia Beach. Um, excuse me, at our uh, the NES Oceana base and uh, every year. So uh, this was 2010. Yeah, 2010. So the weather was good that year. And so part of the air show, got a, I was controlling traffic. Actually, somebody almost ran me over. Now I remember and called me the N-word because I, I stopped him from... <laughs> Uh, there were pedestrians crossing, and he got mad that I, I, I stopped him from running pedestrians. But that wasn't the, the person I wanted to talk about. There was an older gentleman who I noticed he was uh, with his wife, older white couple, and they were crossing the street. And he actually had a Confederate flag on his T-shirt. And he was having difficulty walking. Because you know, it was pedestrian crossing, like time for pedestrians to cross. So I'd get, you know, I'd stop traffic. There was no cars moving. <clears throat> but I, I just noticed something in the way this man was moving. I, he wouldn't be able to make it. <laughs> I just knew he wasn't going to be able to make it. And so I told my shipmate, like, hey, take over um, the cars. Make sure no cars moving. And I went up to the dude. I was like, how you doing? How you doing, sir? How you doing, ma'am? Um, you... you do you need help? Can I help you cross over? And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I should have listened to my doctor. I shouldn't have come out. <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what your doctor said to you, but my job is to help you get across the street. So come on. So I put his hand over me and I hold his waist and start guiding him. Not like rushing him, but I just guide him. And he's like, oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have come out. And it was really hot that it was like really hot. Whether it was hot, probably in the 80s, 90, if it was too low, it was 80s, but probably was closer to the 90s. Yeah, it was really hot and sunny. So we get across and we'll make it across. And he's like, oh, uh, I think he just had a kidney or something transplant. But he, he just had to come to the air show. He wanted to see the jets and all that. Uh, whatever transplant you had, yeah, you, you shouldn't you should be standing on your feet. And yeah, that's like, um, so you know what? You shouldn't even be standing. Just uh, lie down, lie down, sir. Just, you know, so I had to talk to him, calm him down. The wife's like, yeah, yeah we shouldn't have. Yeah, well, um, so what, what would we do? What would the wife now is now freaking out? So I was like, ah. Uh, I don't think there's the type of person who normally likes a black person touching him. Mm. But the first thing we got to do is calm him down. We don't want him panicking because that will really worsen the, the, the situation. And I don't intend to do a mouth-to-mouth because then the CPR is mouth-to-mouth. Nah, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm serious right now. I'm, I'm not doing mouth-to-mouth. <laughs> so we get him on the grass. He sits down and then start getting him to lie down. And then my shipmate who's controlling traffic starts noticing that I'm making somebody lie down on the grass. So he's like, hey, what's going on? 
So I'm like, there's a, luckily I think by then there was no traffic mm. coming. So he he runs over, and I'm like, okay, stay with him. And they, uh, luckily we had um, a fire truck nearby. So I start yelling at them to come over, and they come over. Okay, and they they come over and come get the guy, and mm. that's how. But it, you, you, I just hadn't noticed if I hadn't noticed that he was struggling, you know, in the beginning, and ran to him. If I just look at oh, Confederate T-shirt, yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with yeah. the guy. Who knows what would have happened, yeah. you know? But part of the job was customer service, yeah, taking care of people. It's our job, yeah, we're voluntold, but our job was to be there, look for look out for the people, and yeah, yeah we, we weren't officially in the hotel management, but it wasn't limited to just you know. But you you get to read people, you get yeah. to understand, and some yeah, somebody had called me the N word, but it wasn't that 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 wasn't the you, you some you get cussed out a lot when you get to being anything customer I, service. I, I think I think like it is though, like you 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 might have had an influence on him being like okay, well maybe. You know, maybe he changes his mindset, or maybe he's a historian guy, and that's why he was wearing his Confederate T-shirt. But like, it's it. You, I don't you, know. You, you, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not I'm just. I met a no, lot of people. I'm, I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying area. it's it's it's. You know. <laughs> I feel like yeah. Like uh, I feel like it's it's. You might have had an influence over him that you might not even realize. You know that kind of way. And hopefully, I like hopefully to think of it is, that way. You know, like, but again, at this, unfortunately, at the end of the day, some people are just buttheads, and that's their mentality, and you can't do anything about it. But again, yeah. if if you had that little bit of influence, of positivity. Maybe it does change is, is mine, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll definitely have to arrange a part two because we kind of um, went a little bit on this one. But before we, you know, to wrap, start, you know, we have to start wrapping up. But we, two quick things we have to jump into. Um, why is Nigerian Guinness stronger than Irish Guinness? I just you know you know there's no way I was not going to ask that question. That's debatable. That's what what I can say to you about that one. Like uh, there, so, I don't know if anyone out there in Radio Land knows, but there's uh there's there's so there's five breweries that are in uh, international breweries for or, or like Guinness factories in the world. So one is in Dublin, one is in Malaysia, and then there's three in West Africa. So one's in Nigeria, in Ghana, and Cameroon. We don't count Ghana and Cameroon. Forget about them. Okay. Now, so about I, I got, I got, okay, in that case, then there's only two. There's only two. Ghanians and Cameroonians can't come after me. They, 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 know, they love me. They love me. You know, I'm, I'm quoting my president now. Like, they love me. <laughs> <laughs> so no, like, I can, I can, I think Guinness is a... Uh, uh, just never drink it out of a bottle because it never tastes the same. So either get it in a pint or get it in a can. Um, um, I don't know if Nigerians read that memo. Really? Uh, you should see some Nigerians. Um, I'm not saying that I know them, but you should see them. Last That's one. all I'll say. No. <laughs> you, you, the big, you know, there's big bottles of Guinness. Yeah. I've not seen it outside Nigeria, but in Nigeria, we call it Udeme. The big ones and the small ones. America only has small bottles. Yeah, and Americans can't drink Guinness. So while what, what, what the Nigerian people are watching Arsenal or whatever they're, they're Dude, doing. Those guys. I, I, I know how much I the Nigerians res- love Arsenal. I don't even have respect for them. No? They don't even know. I so, have respect uh, for any Nigerian. Yeah. They have, to, have to get cancer points now, Nigeria. Come on. Ew. So, yeah. Ew. They'll be saved one day. That's all I can say for them. <laughs> but we have to arrange a part two. We have to arrange a part two. But... Irish people are aware about the Nigerian obsession with Guinness. I don't know. 
I don't know about that. I think uh I don't think so. I, I don't think a lot of Irish people know that Guinness is I think I think uh I think the most Guinness is drank in the UK like volume wise because they've got the most it's the Nigerians people. in the UK. And then the I, then I think it's the Nigerian and then I think it's Ireland based on It's on the Nigerians the in the UK. My first yeah. visit to and only visit so far to the UK was at a wedding where they refused to serve alcohol because the dude loved Jesus. He's going to listen to this episode, by the way, but he knows. And I had to go find me some alcohol, and I, you know, I, the person I was with bought Guinness. And I'm, you know, we're paying at the counter, and the, the guy looks at us. He's like, um, you guys are Nigerians. You guys don't drink. This is not the Guinness for you. Yeah. You need Nigerian Guinness. I was like, what? Even in the UK? He's like, yes, mm. you need Nigerian Guinness. Go get Nigerian Guinness. It's in the fridge. And that's how I knew the wow. truth. Yeah. I, and I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know there's, yeah. there's much difference. So like, we'll have there to, is. we'll have to crack open a few Guinnesses in Nigerian. And what about the Cameroonian and Ghana one? Should we compare well, yeah. them? You, no? You hear what the guy said? Nigerian Guinness. That's what you guys He didn't mean. say Ghanaian Guinness, did he exactly. not? Exactly. Okay, Nobody says that. Yeah. That's why we don't count those factories. Okay. <laughs> now, final question. Um, what would you like to leave the audience with? You know, something, you know, could be... A positive um, uh, something think, for so, this time, so you know. Again, yeah, you know this question. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think, um, um, you know, I think two things. So one is, I think the support of your family is very important. You know, so uh, I'm very lucky with 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 my wife and with my daughter. You know, and like my wife, like she's my best friend. You know, and and it's uh, you know, she always supports me no matter what. And uh, you know, I know the trust is there and the love is there, and it's it's um. It's great, like just just having that that foundation and someone who's there that you know, no matter what, will support you. You know, and she's she's my favorite person in the world. You know, and uh, and then I got my daughter as well, who's who's just fantastic, and she's uh, you know, she's she's almost three in a couple of months, and she's uh, getting smarter every day. And I think it's it's uh, you know, I think that and you know, and again, as I said, with my family, with my with my 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 mom, and my sister, like it's uh, got a great foundation there, and I think uh, family is so important. And I think nowadays, I think we're so um uh with technology and everything i think i think family can get left behind or or you know differences of opinion whether it's with politics or whether it's you know the way the world is going i, I think it's just important to keep family in mind and and you know whether it's getting together if if you can safely or or even just having a, a zoom dinner or something like i think it's a cool it's a cool thing to do um the sec the second thing that that, that i'd say then is just kind of uh my dad had a teacher in school and um uh he he always told everyone in the class like uh never fail to dampen your curiosity. So I remember I was with my wife, I think we were in Turkey and uh on our first holiday together and uh you know she's like, Oh, I wonder wonder what's down there and uh oh, it's never fail to dampen your curiosity, let's go and find out. So we went down and we found this like little market that was down there and they had little um like little little plates and 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 Turkish kind of beer and 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 tea and stuff and it was like again that's the way I try to live my life so like just keep that in mind always never fail to dampen your curiosity because you never know what's behind a door or oh what 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 why should maybe you should walk down there no 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 that's no, fine no mm. let's never fail to dampen your curiosity let's see what's going on behind that door you know I like that so all right yeah. any plugins you like to leave the audience with. Uh, White Label American. It's a fantastic podcast. Give it five stars. Five stars. Five stars, please. Um, no, listen. I, I think I think you do great things with this podcast. I think you have a lot of great stories for people that are here, and I think it's a great. Um, uh, 
way to communicate stories as i said like you know obviously you had a lot of people who have a very difficult lives you know whether it's it's you know um so many so many stories that you've had with people beautiful stories and tough stories and i think it's i think it's a great thing that you're doing here so i think keep keep doing it and i know you celebrated your milestone episode thank you so hopefully that's just the first of many to come very good all right can't thank you enough for coming on this episode and thank you all for joining us and feel free to check out the previous episodes and there's more to come i know some of you have asked about how to support i have something i'm cooking and i'll let you all know about that shortly so looking forward to seeing you all for the next episode keep the love and support coming Um, thank you for the privilege of your company Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.